podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the King and AI podcast. My name's Kelly Cates and you'll be listening to my dad, uh, Kenny Dalglish, on this podcast and getting his thoughts on football issues about Liverpool, but also about other things as well. And the reason the podcast has come about is because of our family's charity, the Marina Dalglish Appeal, which was set up to raise money to help cancer patients and their families. So if you'd like to support that, that would be fantastic. As much as it's about raising awareness, it is also about the financial support, if possible. If you want to donate, you can go to anfieldindex.com slash MDA, or you can go to the Marina Dalglish Appeal website to find out a little bit more about the charity and the work that they do. It's worth having a read about. It's a really great charity and it's something that's very close to all our hearts. Enjoy the show. Hello, I'm Eddie Gibbs and welcome once again to the King and AI podcast here on Anfield Index Pro. Thanks to Kelly as ever for her words at the top of the show there. And thanks to all of the listeners once again who have made donations to the Marina Dalglish Appeal. Each week, whenever we release this podcast, we get huge amounts of feedback, which we're very grateful for. And the best feedback, of course, is uh, those messages that let us know when someone has gone and made a pledge to the charity. Please do keep them coming. It really couldn't be easier. Just head over to www.anfieldindex.com forward slash MDA and donate however much you're able to this wonderful cause. So without further ado, let's uh, introduce the headline acts as far as this particular podcast goes. And firstly, a warm welcome back to UK Shores to you, Sir Kenny Dalgleish. How are you, Kenny? Very well, yourselves? Yes, uh, enjoying uh, enjoying the uh, football for one and uh, the climate's not too bad either. Uh, I'm sure you weren't too cold at Anfield yesterday. I was okay at Anfield. I put the fire on here, but when I've been sitting this afternoon watching the football with a fire on. I know, and you were on the golf course sunning it up just a few days ago. It's a hard life. Ah, well, it's scandalous, isn't it? But (laughs) we were there in a good cause. We were there for uh, the charity. So it was a golf event for Marina's charity. Oh, that's excellent. And did you have have some fun and raise a few quid at the same time then? Both, yes. (laughs) In fact, maybe maybe a little bit overindulged. (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) And of course, it wouldn't be the king in AI without an appearance from uh, Kenny's alleged son. So we welcome back the man who's no doubt been investigating his parentage ever since the last show ended. Yes, it's Miami FC head coach, Mr. Paul Dowgley. How are you? You'd be glad to know I'm regular again after you called me a regular last week. So happy with that. So this week we're recording almost immediately on the back of Chelsea sharing the points in their game with West Ham. And that, of course, means that Jurgen Klopp and his merry men not only sit proudly at the top of the Premier League, but will now go into the game with Chelsea next week as the only team remaining with a 100% record. We'll discuss the two upcoming Chelsea matches later in the show, but two games have been played since we last caught up with Kenny. And therefore, we see we need to ask him his thoughts on the two fine wins over both uh, Paris Saint-Germain and Southampton. Yeah, well, the game yesterday, uh, really, it was it was a bit strange. Um, I wouldn't say it's the best we've played, but then they, it was an emphatic win. Uh, they were they were restricted to. I think the first shot in target was in the last minute. Charlie Austin hit one uh, that it was always going to save it. But we came out and Jurgen had made a few changes. Uh, and the the people who had come in, Matip scored one of them. Uh, Shakiri was involved in that with a cross after a short corner. And then uh, 
Shakiri hit a great free kick that hit the bar, dropped down, and uh, for for us it was a it was better for it not to go in because it was more that touched it in, and that'll do him the world of good. So uh, the game yesterday was emphatic, an emphatic one, and the game against PSG was a fantastic occasion and a great one. And it's you've got to remember it's a wee bit different from the league section to the knockout stages because it's no goal difference it's just the fact that we get three points and the goal difference will only count when it comes to the end of the 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 league section but it was a great performance it was a great game and Tuchel must their, their manager must be wondering what happens at Anfield because that's two games he's been there and he's lost twice in the last minute he lost when he was at Dortmund when Lovren scored with a header and he lost again the other night there. But it was a great game. It was really emotive and like a typical Liverpool European night at Anfield. The place was jumping. Uh, I was not at the game. We, we watched it uh, at Medina's Golf event, but we had a big screen and even the atmosphere in there watching it was fantastic. So I think uh, it's been a very productive week for one and all. And as you rightly say, uh, top of the table, best start ever from a Liverpool manager for Jurgen. So congratulations to him and everyone involved. Uh, let's hope he stretches it a wee bit further. And I was hearing that the only reason it is the best start to a, for a Liverpool manager ever ever is because that run you had in uh, 1990-91, apparently the only reason that that's going for Jurgen, this record, is because you shared the charity shield with Man United that year. So that was classed as a competitive game. So uh, that's what that's what gives you the re- that's what gives him the record. So I suppose you're not going to grudge him that one, but it does seem a bit harsh a charity shield being classed as a competitive game when really it's a glorified friendly. Listen, he can take every one of my records as a manager if it's beneficial to the team. Don't worry about that, <laughs> <laughs> and it makes everybody happy. Well, we never used to we never used to include the charity shield as a competitive game, really. That was a that was a pre-season game for us, um, but I mean they can they can do whatever they want. In many instances, in those days, I mean I I made my debut in the Charity Shield, but it wasn't a class to the debut. The next week at Middlesbrough was the so-called debut. So, listen, I'm sure at the end of the day is going to be the most important thing. No, no, this game. Yeah, and Paul, you'll be covering both PSG and Southampton from a tactical perspective on your own show imminently. But the question that's been nagging away at me since half-time in the Southampton game is this matter of Jordan Shaqiri. And let's put ourselves in the player's shoes first and, and then perhaps try and explain what Jurgen was thinking. So you finally get to start a match at your new club, then play in what most people's minds was a fantastic 45 minutes, hugely contributing to the creativity and playing a large part in a fantastic 3-0 half-time league. What's your reaction then when you get into the changing room and the manager says... Yeah, good, but I think you should set out the second half. Well, you, without knowing what the reasons are, you you don't know. Um, maybe he's going to play ninety minutes against Chelsea during the week in the cup. You, you don't know, but he he certainly uh, he certainly was very very productive and and looks looks a real talent. I enjoy watching him when he's on the ball. I think if, as we've discussed on the podcast as well, though, is eighty percent of of Jurgen's training sessions are on the defensive side and maybe 
he looked at things in the defensive side that he didn't think uh, Shakiri was doing, and and maybe that was that was why. But without being in in the dressing room, you, you don't know whether it's a tactical thing or whether it's just doesn't want to overload him with minutes before the uh, the cup tie during the week. I would have thought, um, but it wasn't his performance anyway. So it's either something like an injury or, or as Paul said, he's going to start them against Chelsea and give them longer than what maybe he would have anticipated. Um, so I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think there's anything sinister in it. I think it would be uh, a wee bit forward thinking. Maybe he just felt a twinge or something and he took him off because, I mean, 3 nil up. Uh, it didn't look as if we were going to lose, and I think maybe it was for the, for his own protection. To the media afterwards, Klopp said that uh, it was that the things that didn't go well in the first half he was taking the blame for, and the substitution uh, was as was a, in an attempt to try and get more control over the game. Paul. Yeah, well, that that makes sense because we it, it was actually a different it was a different uh, as we'll go into it in the the tactics pod, but. They started a different system and they defended a 4-4-1-1 uh, and attacked with a little bit more freedom with Firmino playing off the left. But actually, after about 30 minutes, it looked like uh, Jürgen tried to change back to the normal formation and, and have Shakiri play a little bit deeper. Um, but he didn't really look like he understood the role completely that he's been asked to do. Um, and and maybe, maybe that's why he... He uh, he made the change at half time. On the defensive side, I'm saying, and, and also uh, we did look a little bit spread out compared to normal uh, defensively, with only having playing in the four four one one. So, um, yeah, it, it sounds it sounds that that reason makes sense to me. It certainly, it certainly, as I said before, it's no reflection on anything Shakiri had done. Because he made a he made a huge contribution to a really positive result, so that will stand him in good stead. I'm sure the substitution has been thoroughly explained to him, yeah, and that will stand him in good stead because I would expect him to to start on Wednesday night. Yeah. Now, just as Liverpool were about to kick off at Anfield against Southampton over at Old Trafford, there was a fantastic sight of Sir Alex Ferguson after his recent health scare, returning to the director's box to watch uh, Manchester United taking on Wolves. And Kenny Whilst, uh, I'm sure he'd have preferred to see Mourinho's men manage more than just one point. You must uh, be delighted to see your old sparring partner back at the match and looking so well. I thought he, I thought he was looking really well. Um... He looked well when he did his, his interview with Manchester United TV um, and seeing him back at Old Trafford uh, is really welcoming and I'm sure it doesn't matter what team you support. For somebody that's been involved in football as successfully and for as long as what he has, then it's great to see him back in and around watching the game that, that he's made a huge contribution to and the game that he loves so much. And uh, on last week's podcast, you both said you expected uh, Jürgen would mix things up with a bit with his selection for the Chelsea League Cup tie. Now, I doubt you've seen anything in the past week to change your opinion on Liverpool's approach to the match. So, firstly, Paul, I assume whilst uh, you'd obviously still hope Liverpool win through, you wouldn't be too overly disappointed if the Reds fell at the first hurdle on this one, given what the approach to the game will be in the rotation. Especially with uh, the results this weekend with Chelsea uh, dropping points in, in the league and 
Liverpool getting points. I think we we are, as we've spoken about in the past, we're in a real position to challenge for the league title this year. And I know it's too early to put all your eggs in that basket. And I, I know it's, as we've discussed before, winning a trophy is amazing. Um, but I do think the the choice on during midweek will be to keep as many people fresh as possible for the for the league game against Chelsea and and as my dad said last week I think Chelsea will do the same so yeah we'll, we'll, I think the players that go out will take the game very seriously and, and they will use it as a chance to try and showcase themselves to break into this team because everybody wants to be playing in this team at the moment because they're playing so well uh, but I, I do expect changes do expect changes but yeah, wouldn't be overly disappointed, but I'd still be disappointed if, if Liverpool lose any game, no matter what the circumstances. Chelsea will be much changed as well. Yeah. Uh, and he'll be, he'll, the, the greater importance for him would also be Saturday's game in the league. So both managers will, will think, the, think the same way, although at the same time, both of them, neither of them want to lose. Uh, they both, they both like to go through, and uh, I mean it's 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 not as if there's they're going to be putting out uh, eleven teenagers. They're going to be putting out two strong teams. Yeah. Although it won't be the teams that that have been featured regularly so far, but the two teams that will beat most teams. Yeah. Um, and you shouldn't dismiss. I mean, the well. You better call it the League Cup because they've lost track of what, what the other yeah. names are. There's been that many of them. So but it's never it's never bad to have a run in the cup. It's only bad if it's affecting your your squad with injuries and suspensions and whatever. And I think even now the suspensions are going to be um, stuck to the one competition, aren't they? Yeah, I read that. So as well. I think you're right. Yeah. So so the. You, that's the only thing that you don't want to happen is injuries and suspensions and for us it, it would be brilliant if uh, we could go back and win a cup if it's that if, I mean there is a pecking order of importance uh, there's a pecking order and stature as well for the varying degrees of Champions League or the Premier League the FA Cup and the Carabao, we can only, you've only got a chance of winning four, so why not win the four of them, and that'll make it easier. That'd be nice. <laughs> well, <it's, laughs> honestly, I think the squad, the squad this year is that strong. Yeah. That there's a possibility that they could go a really good distance. Yeah. In and most all of, of the competitions. And I'll tell you, there's nobody in Europe want to play us over two legs. They don't want to come and play us. PSG will be quite happy that they played us in the league. Are relatively happy. Yeah. Maybe disappointed or lost because that means you can't play us in the knockout stages until later on. So they'll be quite happy with that. And we shouldn't undermine the the esteem that the, the teams held in. Yeah, so, there's a fair fact to that. There's a fair factor. They, oh, they've, oh, they've earned so, a, By they've the way, you would, a, you would be yeah. afraid as well when you see yeah. them play. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, totally agree. And it's, but that's the, for me, that's, 
when you have that fear factor, teams set up. Uh, they set up again. They they don't look forward to playing. They set up in a way that almost uh, they, they're trying to. They're going into a game trying not to lose. You know, they're not they're not going into games against Liverpool at this moment in time expecting to win, and that that goes for anybody really in in world football. Uh, with the exception of, of maybe one or two, it, they, they really are that, that good a team at the moment, in my opinion. Do you, do you feel the same, though? Yeah, and the, I think even the front three that you've got there, as we said, I think it was last week, Jürgen can tweak, like, he can talk yeah. and tail it, he can tweak it, he can move it. Yesterday, uh, Salah played through the middle. Yeah. And the great thing about yesterday was he got a goal, so that'll help him. Um, if, the, if any idiots had any doubts that he wasn't going to make a contribution, then I think hope this is the start of the things for him. I mean, he's as, as I said before, it's not about an individual's return in a season. It's about a it's about the squad return, and he'll make a huge contribution this year as he did last year. It might not be the same number of goals, but by the way, if it's more successful, is that not a greater mm-hmm. contribution? Yeah. I tell you, you look dangerous up front, Dad. Nice. I thought so. Well, he looks dangerous anytime. Yeah. So, this we should just realise that the asset that we've got, and yeah. just don't don't gauge him solely on goals. Well, it's he's still creating that. And I looked at some stats that were posted online about his is uh, he's still creating as many chances. His xG expected goal is. Still pretty similar. The only the only thing that he's had a little dip in is converting those. So it's it's only a matter of time before, if you look over the a, a longer period of time, that he starts regressing to the norm and 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 scoring goals as regularly as he did last season. I mean, I know it's a big ask to score as many goals as he did last season, but his his productivity. Is the same. The only thing that's that's similar. The only thing that's changed is uh, the conversion rate this moment in time. And and even if he just gets back to a normal level of conversion rate, he'll come very very close to the amount of goals he scored last year. Well, uh, listen. The only the only person that stops him scoring can be yourself. Yeah. Right. And he's positive in what he's doing. Yeah. And as long as he remains positive and convinced, which yeah. you should be, then. Let me tell you, he'll still make a contribution, and it'll be yeah. a huge contribution. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know, I don't know how they work out all these stats and everything. But yeah. what I would say, I would take half his goals for last year in the league championship or the Europe or the Champions League or any any trophy rather than the, his extra half of goals. And I think Klopp said as much as that, didn't he? I mean, I know, I know it's talking stats, but Klopp mentioned how impressive Salah has been defensively and he's obviously talking about yeah. his pressing stats were off the charts for Spurs and PSG so I mean there is much more to his game as, as Kenny just said there than the goals and it's it's easy the goals are the headline grabbers but the yeah. team's the team scoring at the same frequency that they were and his defensive plays being lauded by the manager so what what else can he do? Yeah. How does he need to do in <laughs> just, just keep doing what he's just, yeah. just realise that it's equally as important right and appreciated the other side is what he's doing at the moment, as 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 when he's he was scoring the goals last year. And by the way, they're talking as if there's a drama here. There's no drama. As he set such a high standard last year, 
that is, uh, it, would, it was always going to be difficult to maintain. So there was going to be less. I always thought there would be less goals this year. But if he's got a winner's medal in his pocket for somewhere, then that's a bonus. But the other thing as well, Dad, that the, I remember, I think someone was talking, about, I don't know if it was Ryan Giggs or someone, but they said that uh, great players don't don't have uh, average games. They have beasts. Uh, like saying that when you're a top, top player, even if you just play at a normal level, people... I don't know who it was that said it, but it, but it, it, even if you only play at a normal level, then people overemphasize what what your, your how bad your performance was. And I think Salah's put himself right at the top. Uh, he's put himself right at the top of of uh, of expectation levels for any player in the world after a season last year. And and you can say the same as Messi and and Ronaldo. Um, but, but to be honest with you, his performances, as you said, that it's other people that are talking about it. We're only six games in, Paul, and he's already scored a few goals. His his uh, his numbers are fine, and they'll do you improve. Know, do you know how you judge them? You judge them by how good their bad games are. Yeah, and yeah. if he's if he's having a bad time at the moment, yeah, me, you get great sympathy for the rest of the people. <laughs> and let's not forget there was that back heel attempt wasn't there that would have just been that would have been as good as any of the goals he had scored last season if that one had gone in ah, listen they've only just, they've just got to go in but that tells you that he's still his mind is still active his willingness to get in there to make the, the, the chance it was a great pass over the top the willingness for him to run in behind to get in there and then the awareness to even try that uh just tells you that. By the way, I think there's there should be absolutely no concern whatsoever. No, no. I think yeah. I think it. The more we talk about it, anyway, the more attention you bring to it. And there's no it, attention needs brought to it. So no, no. Uh, but 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 what happens is when you're going so well, they always look for a negative. Yeah. And what negative can they gain through your performances and results this year? Is well, wait a minute. Mo's no scoring as many goals as he did last year. Yeah. Yeah, people just try and people try aye. and pick a fault. They, they because things aye. are going so well. Yeah. Clutching at straws. Aye. Yeah. What did the and guy in America, long, what did long the guy in America say? What did he call it? Fake news? <laughs> <laughs> the, guy, the guy in America. <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, dear. I didn't think he'd be getting a mention on one of these shows, but there you go. <laughs> well, I've got the same hairstyle as him. <laughs> oh, back to the League Cup then. And Kenny, this was a trophy, obviously, you had great success in as a player. And also, let's not forget, was the last uh, cup the club managed to win in that second spell of yours as a manager. Now, perhaps I'm wrong, but I can't imagine uh, Bob Paisley or Joe Fagan would have been changing all 11 players in their starting lineup. So, so why is the League Cup treated so differently by the top four clubs these days. You you mentioned earlier that there was a there was a pecking order, if you like, with the trophies. Was it the same back then, or was it just go out and win whatever you can? No, the pecking order was the one you were playing in was the most important, and that was it. I know it's it's not really um, what you were trying to mention, but nowadays the the players have got sports scientists, they've got all the healthy options, the eating, uh, they've got. All the great information about 
the body and how you can get more out of it and what you can do to help yourself. Yeah, they can't have played a number of games that they played back then. And there was there was never that many changes. Uh, there was never that many changes in, in the games unless it was, I think at the start of the League Cup for a few years, you used to play two legs and you maybe get some of the kids used to get a game, maybe the second leg. But and in the main, the same team played most of the games. Um, and also for for us, if you were playing, you were playing to win. And I'm sure the people that go on and play are playing to win. But they have to they use these games now like they used to use the reserve games to give the players an opportunity to give them a chance to uh, to get match fitness and match practice. And I think that's important. But I think it's also important not to lose sight that uh, you, you want to win whatever competition you're in. And I'm sure we'll do the best we possibly can in it. I mean, we got, we'll go to Wembley a couple of times with Jürgen as well. And, we'll, and it's, we've, no, we've not seen the end of it yet. So I'm sure he'll want to go back and, and come out where we are. We're winning result at Wembley, apart from the game against Tottenham. But uh, as I say, nice to go back and win, win the trophy there. And it's a fantastic day out anyway for everybody. It's all right being careful and cautious in the build-up to it. But when you when you get there, and on on the day when the final's on, if you're not there, there's something missing. And Paul, uh, all of the, the successful teams in recent years, with your Man Cities, your Manchester Uniteds, your Chelsea's, they've all won this League Cup. I mean, I know everyone says, oh, you, you, you rest your players, and certainly in the earlier rounds, that seems to be the way. But there is still, yeah. a, there is still a yardstick and a line in the sand to be drawn by winning this trophy, it seems. Yeah, everybody wants a trophy, you know. You can't, when you finish your career, and you, you sit down, you know, and you're, you're reminiscing about, what you've done in your career. The most important thing at the end of your career is how much you've won. You know, that's the thing that you're proud of. And it, it doesn't matter what trophy it is. If you're playing there, it doesn't matter what level it is. The biggest thing that you can achieve in, in football is winning a trophy, whether that's as a manager or as a coach. So for me, for me, I want to, I want to, if, if I'm in it, then you want to win it. And yes, they might, they might take uh, less risks at the beginning of the tournament but I'm telling you not many people don't take it seriously anymore when you start getting to the quarterfinals semifinals and, and it's a lot of the big teams that are left in it so uh, it's normally only in the early rounds that it's not taken as seriously yeah but also to be fair to Manchester City they always play a strong team don't they yeah to they played a strong team was it Wigan was it the FA Cup that Wigan beat them or was it the, the League Cup last year's, it was the FA last Cup. year's FA Cup yeah FA Cup, yeah, 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 yeah. And then last year they drew the Wolves at home, went to penalty, went to extra time, didn't it? In penalties. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Is, is there, is, is, are they not in the same position as us now, though? Kind of what, what you were saying there, Kenny, about Man City always playing a strong team. Is that they're, they're, they're second choice players, if you like, those outside of their, their, their primary starting 11 are still such good players, and Liverpool now find ourselves in much the same position. I think that's an indication of how strong their squad is when you mention the two Manchester teams, right? And how well they've done in the competition over the last few years. Mm-hmm. So I think that's I think that's great for us. That we're going to be able to compete uh 
through the earlier rounds. I mean, last year we get beat by Leicester two 0 away. So we'll be, we'll be, I think their squad's a lot stronger this year than it was last year, and that gives us a better chance of competing if if Jurgen decides to make changes. Now, next up in the league will be the same opponents as far as the clubs go, but there will be very little we can glean from the cup tie in respect of the league match. Now, before we discuss the game, Kenny, I wanted to take you back again, and this time the year 1986, the venue Stamford Bridge, and uh, one of the most famous goals uh, you ever scored for Liverpool. Uh, what were your memories of playing at what was a very different Chelsea back then? No, oh, the happy memories. We, we, one and one nil. One, I think we won 11 in our last 12 matches to win the league. We pipped... Uh, close neighbours and rivals Everton uh, and then the next week we went out and we beat them again in the final so from us from, from they were favourites for both competitions at one stage and for us to go and do it was fantastically rewarding for everybody but the the game at, at Chelsea uh, to win the league I'm, I mean obviously I've scored the goal but there's been Huge contributions from a lot more people than that throughout the season, and that just put that just put the icing on the cake for everybody. But it, you wouldn't recognise it. I mean, Stamford Bridge is still on the same plot, but you wouldn't recognise it now as to what it was then. Nor the team, nor the team, because uh, the no. But I think, I think uh, when you go back, you don't even think it's the same ground anyway. Yeah, yeah most. Most of the people that know how to listen to podcasts, they wouldn't have been born in 86. <laughs> <laughs> they need, they'll need to get YouTube or their history books out or something. <laughs> was there, am I right in thinking the main stand was there, though? Oh, there was a main stand there, but no as it yeah. stands now. No as it is now. Well, there was a dog track, wasn't there? That was one. No, of yeah, and they used to park cars But the dog track the had gone then when that went in that, at that time. So, no, it's totally changed. And they, their their supporters were at the opposite end from where I scored. Um, so, and they used to have another place called the Shed. So it was nay, it was it was a huge difference. Yeah. There you go, good memories. No, surprised I'm you not. can surprised you can remember it at your age. I've got it up on the screen here. <laughs> 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 no, some of the some of the photo. I think the photos of that goal, not just the video. The photos are, the, are some of the most common pictures. If you if you go onto Google and you search Kenny Dalglish, it's that photo, the the celebrations of the uh, the goal at Chelsea, which are they kind of absolutely fill up your screen when you do that search. So it's a uh, it's always a good memory for fans. And I I do listen to podcasts, and I was around in 1986. And <laughs> well, so. well it, the best picture I saw of them was was with old Bob Bob Paisley because he was on the bench. He was part of the the staff then. He was there to babysit me uh, sure. in my first year as manager. And by the way, he stayed on and he was brilliant. So a good good picture we all Bob myself getting each other a wee cuddle. <laughs> and he was there. He was there the next week too, wasn't he? At Wembley, you had him on the bench for the FA Cup. Final. He was there every week. He was there every week. Oh really? Great. I, I didn't. I didn't know he traveled. I didn't know he traveled with the team the whole season. I thought it was just those. Uh, of course I he it was did. Right at the end of it. No. Uh, when uh, during the summer, when I was appointed, uh, Bob was uh, Bob in an office upstairs to help us out. Just three 
see us through in case anybody phoned up and tried to wind me up. Oh, Bob was there for a, for a, a listening ear. Just so, sought his advice over many things and he made a huge contribution, as did Ronnie Moran, Roy Evans and old Tom Saunders. No, it was a, and then if you put, if you put, um, Peter Robinson, who was the best administrator in the history of football, I think, uh, especially if he was at your club, because uh, he, he, he knew, he knew his way around the world, Peter, so he, he was a fantastic help as well. So, all you had to do was, was pick the team, really, and get on with it. Some fine memories there. And Paul, obviously Chelsea's 100% record is gone after their draw with yeah. West Ham. But it'd be unfair to say that their new manager, Sari, hasn't done a fine job since coming in from Napoli. And uh, what have you noticed, if you like, what's been different about his approach to that of Antonio Conte before him? Yeah, it's definitely different. I, I actually, I know I shouldn't really say it, but I really like watching Chelsea play. Uh, I like the style of football that they play. I thought even even today in the game, they started quite well, but then... Um, I thought West Ham defended very well, but they're, 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 they're easy on the eye, the way that Chelsea play with the, uh, with the quick passing combinations. Um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a great game because, uh, they're going to try and, they're going to try and play much like Man City do when they, when they play against us. We're going to try and press them. Uh, it's going to be two, two really, really good teams going, going toe to toe. You know, I think it's going to, I think they're going to have a big, part to say and, and where the title ends up this year, Chelsea I think uh, between them and Man City and, our, and ourselves that that's that's where it's going to be decided between uh, between the three teams, so really looking forward to seeing how we compete against Chelsea because I've, I've been really, really impressed and, and enjoyed watching them play so far. I think it'll be interesting to see how they play they, yeah. they went with a back four uh, today yeah. against that's... West Ham, so it'll be interesting to see how they how they set themselves up. That's what they've been doing, isn't it? The 4-3-3. Well, he had three centre-backs, didn't he? Conte did last year. But they've no, been but playing. did he not start it is that way as well, Sorry. No, I think, said, I think... Well, they said today that he'd, he'd changed the formation of it. It's just gone before. Uh, I've, the game's That's I've probably quite a, That's probably quite a bit out tonight, Mike. Well, yeah. by the way, if, if he plays before, yeah. he'll get battered. If he plays before, that'll help us. The space is... Between Alonso and the anywhere, yeah, 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 anywhere. Yeah. If he, if he goes, if he goes with uh, the back four he's been going with this season, they're, they're going to be in a bit of trouble. I tell you, the uh, I, I, I really like the guy in midfield that the, he brought with him from Napoli. Have you seen much of him, Dad? Jorginho, Jorginho. I, I like him. I think he's a. I think he can play. He always plays forward. Uh, well, not always play forward, but he's always trying to look forward. And he's so creative from that from that deep line midfield position. He's I I, I really like watching him. He's he's good. I and thought, Hazard, they, I thought I, they struggled against Newcastle away when Newcastle put the block on, and I thought they struggled. Well, they did struggle today at no yeah. no against West Ham. West Ham had the better chances. Newcastle yeah. lost a goal, then they equalised, and as soon as he lost a goal, Newcastle they started to press a wee bit. Chelsea and Chelsea didn't look too comfortable with that. So I, I, I would have thought if if uh, if we get we'll press them, 
and we could beat there one 0 last year. I don't think we'll get beat this year. No, I think I think it was. I think it. We normally do well when we play against good teams that try and try and attack us. And I think I think that that's his way, isn't it? I think we we play our way and and we believe in our way, and I think they'll play their way. But I do think that, as you said, that that plays into our hands. But the one person that we've got to be really really careful of is is Hazard oh, because he, he he yeah he seems like he's got. Yeah. Uh, he seems like he's he's got the eye of the tiger again. He's he, he's in fantastic form. He's, he's brilliant, isn't he, to watch? But Paul, because he's a fantastic player, it doesn't mean to say the rest of them are. No, so, no. So they're carrying. Well, yeah, I, good. I think they're carrying a few um, that can be that can be exploited. Yeah, and it's great, I though, isn't it? I don't think we are. It's great, though, isn't it? That we're at that level now as a team that we can look at the likes of a Chelsea uh, and feel confident that we can we can pick them apart. I mean, it's it's uh, it's a great time to be a Liverpool fan. I need to keep reminding how, how, reminding myself how, how good this team is and how long it's been since we've had a team like this that we can we can talk like this about. Well, you you look at every game and you think, yeah, gee, I, I, I quite fancy this here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, mean I don't, and it's no yeah. arrogance. No. No, there's no. You see the games every, every time they're on the television, and yeah, it's difficult to see someday. I mean, you, Arsenal, Arsenal are on television. You watch yeah. Arsenal against Everton, yeah, and you think, I, I don't know how. I can't see how they can stop us. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, we we showed. You know, Spurs were the same when we played against Spurs. Man City are good, obviously. They're, they're brilliant, you know, but we, we, yeah, but we play they, well against Man City. They drew the Wolves, Man City. Yeah. And then today, uh, West Ham get a draw with Chelsea. Yeah. And we're winning. Yeah. And that's, that's a change for what it was, uh, the last few years for us. It was usually the other way about. Yeah, not fun. We were the one that was dropping the points, especially after the European games, where it is a wee bit tiresome. But uh, that's us. We've buried that myth as well by winning. Yeah, the the biggest thing as well, like going into a game. Big thing for me now is I used to get nervous before we played the big games. If you were going up against uh, a Chelsea or a Man United or a Man City, uh, because you you weren't too sure how the game was going to go, but I'm I'm more excited now going into these big games. I'm yeah. looking forward to the game at uh, uh, Manchester City this year. Yeah, although yeah. I'm getting away ahead of myself here. Yeah, because I think the sending off last year played a huge part yeah. in the result, and I think Manchester City have been brilliant, but I don't think uh, they're they're uh, as good as what we are, and. Obviously, we beat them three other times we played them last year. Yeah. So, I, I'm really looking forward to that game because it just, it just bugs me a wee bit that maybe I've got some red glasses on and I've not seen it too well. But I, I thought that even there, we when we made 11 men, I know we were yeah. losing 1-0, but I thought we were, I thought we looked really good. We looked dangerous. Yeah. And, and the other thing, I, at Man City, I, did you watch the uh, the documentary though? No. The, 
Well, the, when you hear Guardiola speak, you can tell he's got a lot of respect for Liverpool. Um, and almost like, and he, he he spoke about Liverpool in quite glowing terms when when he was speaking to the players. They showed it in the in the documentary, and and I I think that if you look at Man City's two centre backs, whichever ones they choose to play, I, I think our front three can cause them big big problems uh, if, if they give us space to to attack them because the. You look at the profile of them; that most of them are good footballers, but they're not yeah, but the most mobile centre backs to uh, to defend big spaces against people as quick as no. as our, our two wide players. You know. Now, before we tackle a question from uh, listeners for this week uh, to Kenny and Paul, it would be remiss of us not to mention the sad news that broke this week regarding former Liverpool defender Stephen Darby and his immediate retirement from the game, aged only twenty nine after being di- diagnosed with a motor neuron disease. So. Uh, Sad news that, and uh, best wishes to Stephen and his family from from all of us here at the King and AI podcast. Now, on to the question, and uh, we're only going to have time for one this week, and it's it's quite poignant and topical, as uh, news was announced this week that the the club were... uh, Putting a spade in the ground and beginning construction work on the uh, on the academy uh, at Kirby, and this is uh, obviously something. When Kenny, you returned to the club under Rafa, you took on a role at the academy, and this question has come from Jay Reed. He would like to know first of all, were there any youngsters you noticed back then who went on to make the grade you expected them to? And also, with the news this week that the construction work has begun on the club's new training complex, Jay wanted your thoughts on the pros and cons of getting both the senior and junior players all in the same place again by redeveloping the academy site at Kirby. Well, the last bit first, I think it's fantastic for the young kids that are at the academy that they're training in the same facility uh, as the first team players. I mean... You can you, I mean, you can only guess how big a lift it gives the younger players. Imagine they're walking in and they go through the facility, and one of the seniors say, and one of the first team players say, "Oh, that was a good goal you scored Saturday," or, or whatever. I mean, just something, a conversation, just even seeing them, uh, it gives them a a tremendous lift, and it makes them really, really feel part and parcel of the club. So Melwood is a fantastic facility. But it wasn't. It was never going to be big enough to uh, accommodate both the academy and the first team. So they had to move up to Kirby, which is the facility will be fantastic. Um, it's, it's huge, and there's enough room for for more than everybody there. And I think it will. I think it will serve its purpose. Uh, and their, their wish and desire to, to develop. Our young kids. We've not done too badly. Uh, Rafa came back in and he, he um, appointed Frank McParland and the, the academy started to move onwards and upwards. And then there was a change. Um, they came in and Frank went out and Alec Inglethorpe came in and the, the, the job has changed really at the academy. There's a lot more work required, uh, a lot more attention to detail to required and because of the rules and regulations that's in place. But the academy is, is a very healthy place. And I think over the years, through Rafa and on to now, the quality of the players that have come through the academy has been excellent. And although they might not go on to make a, a career with, with our club, which you'd love them to do, 
then they're going to make a career somewhere. And all you can do is, is give them the best opportunities possible. And I think they get that up at, up at uh, Kirby at the moment. And I think they'll continue to get that. And Paul, your thoughts on uh, bringing everything together in one place? Obviously, it's something that you've probably seen, I guess, at a lot of the clubs you've been involved with. The home of Scouse football. Is that what Jürgen called it? Is that what yeah, called I think he said that in the press release. The home of Scouse football. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's really important. Uh, just, I think that's one of the things that I've always thought was missing uh, at Liverpool since the, the academy opened. The academy was a, a great facility. Uh, and Melwood is obviously a great facility, but I think as part of youth development, one of the most important things, as my dad said, is is having interaction with the first team. Now, when I came through, you'd clean boots, you'd do jobs, and, and that got you a relationship with, with the first team players. Uh, had you communicating with them, and then obviously if anybody got injured during training, they would shout you over to join in, to join in the session. And... Uh, you felt more comfortable joining in sessions because you've had interaction with the players. I, I think there is a group of players that have been training at Melwood um, over the years that are kind of the, the players that they think might be the ones that can eventually make it to the first team. So that they have, they've had to kind of create that situation by taking players from the academy to open train at Melwood um, just to have that involvement with the first team so now we're having everybody at the same facility at the same time it really makes the club feel like one big family and I think it can only be good for everybody because I think one of the most important things you can do is emulate the players that play in your position in the first team so if you can your maybe your training finishes 10 minutes early and you can have a little look and you can see the first team finishing the session. Maybe, as my dad said, there's a first team playing old you scored at the weekend. You're walking past him in the corridor and he says, hey, well done this weekend. And it makes you feel 10 feet tall. So just the, just the little bit, the, 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 the football side, but also the non-football side, it, I think it can only, it can only be a good thing for the club. Excellent stuff, guys. And uh, we don't often do plugs on this uh, this show, but there was one that I wanted to do because I listened to your show, Paul, with Justin Wales on uh, yeah. North American football uh, yesterday. And I have to say, it was one of the best podcasts. I'm sh- I, I've certainly one of the best podcasts I've heard in recent times. Uh, I don't know if you want to share anything with the with the listeners on it, uh, on your own feedback and your own thoughts on it. But uh, hats off to you guys on that. I, I thought it was absolutely gripping. Yeah, I think I think one of the most important things you've got to do, especially in America where the game's so young, is if you have knowledge that you can share to help make it better, it then share it, you know. And 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 all I'm all I'm trying to do is give my opinion based on my experiences. If people agree with it, uh, then great. If they don't agree with it, then 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 let me know and I'll discuss it with you because ultimately. All I'm trying to do is start a discussion, bring attention to it. So hopefully we don't have a situation in the US where we don't qualify for World Cups, we don't qualify for the Olympics. And, and one, of the, one of the only things I didn't really say in the podcast is there is signs that it is getting better. So there is, you know, if you look at Christian Pulisic, um, if you look at Timothy Weyer, uh, McKinney as well is playing in the Champions League this morning time. So there is... There's another kid, uh, Jack Imperato, who's playing in, in uh, Villarreal. There's uh, Efrain Alvarez, who's, who's scoring goals at 16, playing for LA Galaxy 2. There is, 
there is players coming through at the national team level that that you can get excited about. Um, but we've got to make sure that there's a conveyor belt coming through. And, and it was just my opinion on how we can do that. Yeah, I would encourage anyone to go out and listen to it. I thought it was brilliant. And uh, it was one of those podcasts that really lets you take a deep dive on the subject. And the two guys uh, presented a brilliant show on that. So do uh, so do go have a listen. Uh, one final thing that we're going to be launching uh, in the next week or so is a competition. Uh, the best way to find this one is on Twitter, at Anfield Index Pro. And uh, Kenny, it's something you're doing with the club. And it's a, a 1978 gift pack that you're, uh, you're putting a signature on a shirt as well and sending some personal messages. Uh, I think you're heading into the club tomorrow to uh, to help them put that together I'm going to sign some things sign into order um, and then it's a wee package up from the 78 um, it's got the replica kit I think it's got the programme uh, there must be I'd imagine there's some coverage of the game in there as well uh, and it's, it's just celebrating the, or commemorating the success at Wembley in 1978 against Bruges. That's how the club decided to celebrate it. We did it with a game of golf. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll certainly do our part, and we're gonna we're gonna give away one of them free to a listener. That's the uh, that's the plan here. So so for the launch of that competition, do keep your eyes peeled on at Anfield Index Pro on Twitter because that's where you can get all the information, and we'll have some news on that in the next few days. So that's it for the King and AI podcast for this week, and we do hope you've enjoyed listening to all those these shows so far. As a reminder, the podcast is available first exclusively to AI Pro subscribers. Uh, See anfieldindex.com forward slash join for more information on our selection of pro podcasts. And then on free public release uh, around 48 hours later. And I know uh, a lot of you have been tuning in in your masses to hear what uh, Kenny and Paul have had to say each week. So all that remains is for me to thank again the fantastic Mr. Paul Dalgleish. Thank you, Paul. Thank you very much for having me on. And of course, thanks again uh, to, for the incredible insight from the one and only, the legend that is Sir Kenny Dalgleish. Thank you, Kenny. Thank you very much. Is Paul doing it again next week? <laughs> I think he's. I think he's part of the staple. <laughs> I'm, I'm like. I'm. Uh, so I just. They put me on to make you sound better. You know. The, the, well, by just, the way, I, just that's my role. I'm like the. I, I was I'm, going to correct you. I was going to correct you by your grammar there, but I thought I better leave it. What? Oh, so was it you that was it? What elocution lessons again? That's it. Right. <laughs> we'll close out the show once again with a few more words from uh, Kelly Cates and uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. There is one more thing that you could do, but it doesn't really require any effort. If you use Amazon, if you go to smile.amazon.co.uk, there's an option to select a charity. If you select the Marina Dalgleish appeal, then every time you make a purchase at Amazon, they will make a donation to the charity. All you have to do is use smile.amazon.co.uk as your website to buy things from Amazon. It should, in theory, be quite straightforward. Thanks very much again. Podcast Network.